welcome to Chinuch 2.0, a show about the massive changes happening to how we do Chinuch, some of which may never be the same again. One of the not-fun jobs of being parents is having to discipline children when they don't behave. And we often wonder, are we doing it correctly? Are we being effective? Especially today's day, people are afraid to discipline. They're afraid to say, tell the child no. Who knows what kind of impact it's going to have, what kind of repercussions are going to come from it. So on this show we interview Rabbi Nassan Muller, who is the Manal of Yeshiva Tferes Tzvi in Chicago to get his thoughts and his approach to how a yeshiva is supposed to do discipline and how it should be done in the home as well. Very interesting and out-of-the-ordinary approach to what the attitude should be when we're trying to get our children to act a certain way. Being that he's a Talmud of Yeshivas Novominsk, I also asked him to share memories, some of the things that he's learned from the Novominsk Rebbe Olav HaShalom, who was a Gadol Admoid and a Master Mechanach. So he graciously shared some of the lessons that he's learned from the Rav Rebbe. Okay, we're speaking with Rav Nassim Muller from his Manal of Yeshivat First Tzvi in Chicago. Shalom Aleichem, Rabbi Muller. Aleichem, Shalom, Rabbi Parnas. So we want to speak about the topic of discipline, which is one of the responsibilities of a Manal. And uh, remember, I grew up in an era where sometimes the manahal would use physical force against the children, which if, he, if someone tried doing that today, they'd probably be arrested. So <laughs> obviously the times have changed and, uh, and uh, people's tastes have changed, people's the tolerance of these things have changed. Uh, so uh, force can't be used in most yeshivas. Uh, so uh, tell me, uh, as a manahal, how do you accomplish the same thing of discipline without using force and how do you get to the boys to make to get them to listen okay that's a great question i'm still looking for the answer here <laughs> um it's a question not only for manalim for rebellion but of course for parents as well um you know you say that you know hitting using force is you know is not a tactic and it can't be used today it's more than can't be used and a tactic that was used i think Besides, you know, like you said, being arrested and all that, it doesn't work. The reason why I think people finally woke up and, and stopped going that mahalach, it doesn't work. We don't punish by us in yeshiva. We don't punish. We're mechanach. And I, I think that's a, that's a key word here. We don't have rules in our yeshiva. We have expectations. And it, it's not just, you know, this is a four-letter word and this is, I don't know, ten letters. It, it's a lot bigger than that. When when you tell a child you can't do this, you can't do that, and you're forcing and you're forcing and you're pushing, whether it's physically, whether it's emotionally, whether it's psychologically, it's just it sounds harsh. The, the, the word "rule" is a harsh word. It's a harsh word. But what happens if there's expectations? It's so much easier. It's so much smoother. And and then what we're doing is the same thing, but in a nicer way. There's accountability. You're you're somebody. We expect something from you. And that works. That is what gets through to the boys. We see it on, on, on a daily basis. You know, we have, we have signs in our yeshiva, the expectations of a yeshiva bacher in the dining room, in the hallway, in the classroom. 
in the gym, in the yard, there's expectations. And children, I think, and hope adults as well, like to live up to expectations. And the beauty of that is, in general, you know, when you when you have, let's go back to that dirty word rule, then a rule is, you know, you're not supposed to break rules, as we all know. And a rule is a set thing. There's a rule in the classroom. There's a rule in the school. So then everybody has to be on the same level. But if it's an expectation that the yeshiva has, so then expectations depends on who you're, you're dealing with. There's a certain expectation for a third grader. There's a certain expectation for a sixth grader. And even within the sixth grade, everybody understands that the boy who has, you know, more difficult background, the expectations for him won't be the same. And everybody could feel good. Everybody could feel good doing the exact same thing differently because an expectation is exactly that. It's not a rule that everybody has to do this and everybody has to come to davening every day. And everybody has to chazer, you know, six block tomorrow over Yontif and everybody has to do 100 Mishnahis Bapen. Whatever, whatever the, the mandate is, if it's an expectation, it could be tweaked. Everybody feels good. Everybody feels accomplished. And when a person feels good and accomplished, that's how we get things done. Yes, sometimes you have to take away a recess. Oy, 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 terrible. Sometimes, once in a blue moon, you might even tell a boy you have a detention. But it's not viewed as a punishment. It's viewed as being machanach. He's held accountable. I don't know. He, he, he skipped class for he, he skipped class for an hour. So he said, "Okay, listen, you got to make it up. You missed an hour, so now you got to make it up." It's, we're not hitting him, not physically, not emotionally. We're holding him accountable. And if you go with that mahalach, first of all, the children appreciate that. That means you're respecting them, you're valuing them for who they are, what they are, and you're recognizing their talents and you're recognizing what they can do, and maybe even more so, what they can't do. You're showing that it's tailored. It's tailored. So again, in one hand, the expectations, obviously, in a school has to be, and in a home as well, there are expectations. But that doesn't mean that it can't be stretched or limited per child. So hitting hitting doesn't work, but this really does. So is it all about the way it's communicated to the boys, or is it practically, like, it's a different form of, of discipline, like, the different form of getting the boys to behave in a certain way? It's not about getting. It's about it's about guiding. You know, getting again is a, is a very strong word. You know, how can I? How can we get them to to do this? Get them to do that? I, I don't think. It, I think when 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 we work with with guiding them or modeling for them how someone's supposed to act or not act, it comes mamela. It's so much easier. You know, if you say that everybody has to do this and everybody has to do that, then it, then then it becomes force. It's a force, and and and. You know, I don't think anybody likes to be pushed around, again, physically and emotionally. But it's not about getting them. It's about guiding them, showing them, showing them the beauty of Yiddishkeit, showing them. And again, you can ask around at my school. We're, we're not, this is not, this is not easy street. This is, you know, there's, there's real expectations and, and you're, you're held accountable for it. But again, it's not, it's not forced as much as guided. I, th- I think that would be the difference. So how, and practically speaking, how does a boy, seventh grader, who doesn't want to sit and learn, doesn't want to chaza, doesn't want to do his homework. How does he come to learn that the expectation that his rebellion have of him or that his school has of him is something that he understands and, and connects to and wants to do it? Because when you make a person feel good, and by the way, everybody wants to feel good. Again, we're talking about the regular boy out there. I'm not, you know, obviously there, there are 
maybe we should have been maktim this. You know, there's always going to be a case, a schwer case, and unfortunately, more and more. But in general, most people, most adults, most children, they want to succeed. They want to feel good. They want to accomplish. They want to be held accountable. You know, the, the Rebbe who's firm, again, I didn't say mean, but firm, the Rebbe whose classroom is structured, his success is not double, not triple, but quadruple of a Rebbe who maybe does not have that clear, concise boundaries, accountabilities, what you should do, what you should Kids thrive. Kids thrive on that. Everybody knows that. And, and, and the same thing will be in a home, in a Yiddish home, when, when, when there's accountability. doesn't mean or mean, doesn't mean there's screaming. We don't raise our voice ever, ever. But there's, there's, there's an understanding that if I'm part of the house, then you know, sometimes I got to clear the table. Sometimes I got to pick up my laundry. I got to chip in. Why? Because I'm a human being and I want to be treated like one. And I want to treat everybody else in the house like one. And the same thing is something that everybody wants to succeed in the classroom. There's no difference. You know, it, it, the, the Rebbe, again, obviously the Gishmaka Rebbe, who's giving it over with a Gishmak. And, 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 you know, my Rebbe always used to say, Nominsky Rebbe said, Gishmak is the most important word in Chinuch today. If we give our children a Gishmak in the learning, and the Rebbe is running a classroom, and he sees the Rebbe modeling accountability, and a parent as well, you know, as we all know, you know, the, the father can't say, don't talk by davening. He's talking by davening. So then, so then the, you're punishing him by saying he can't talk by davening. Why could you talk and I can't talk? Just giving the, you know, the famous muscle. But, but if, if the father is accountable as well, and he doesn't either talk by davening, and he respects his father, so he wants to model his father. Who doesn't want to model a father that, that's, that's an Ehrlich that, that that's popular, that's menschlich, that's put together? The same thing is in yeshiva. When 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 a Rebbe drops a piece of paper, or even if he doesn't drop it, he passes a piece of paper, and he picks up the piece of paper. So hey, this is a Rebbe who who respects the yeshiva. That means he respects me. So automatically, you want to counter that. You want to model that. Children want to be good. Everybody does. It's just not always easy. But if we're mechanach them and we guide them and show them, and who doesn't? Who doesn't feel satisfied after a good day? Children are no different. Mm -hmm. So, is it mostly you're saying it's mostly the way it's being communicated to them? Like there's a there's a there's a language that's there's an undercurrent to the language that's given over to the Correct. to the tummy. Correct. And that it's starts a at a young age. At, at a young age, and and in all honesty, I don't think it's any different to the way a manal treats his rebbeim. It's it's going to be the same thing, and any person in their business, when 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 there's respect shown. Respect is reciprocated. It doesn't make a difference for what it is, but 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 certainly for the learning. And again, if it's done the right way, that the Rebbe is giving it over, you can, you can be firm. Not you could be firm. You have to be firm. Parents have to be firm. They have to they have to set boundaries. They have to, but not as a punishment, but but as an expectation. Right. Okay. So yeah, it works. I'm telling you, harness. It works. It works. Yeah, <laughs> come to Chicago. You'll see it works. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, so, as a manal, a lot of times, like you said, there are there are some difficult cases, and you know, and, and, and the difficult cases stand out, and everyone talks about the difficult cases, and those are the ones that uh, the nightmares of a mechanach. So, what 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 point does does the yeshiva have to involve the parents? 
in, obviously the yeshiva and the parents is a partnership throughout the, the, the chinuch process, but there are times that the yeshiva needs the parents to step in and get involved because the child's being such a problem in school. So what, what, when is that point and when, what, what does the yeshiva expect from the parents at that point? Okay, that's a great question. Um, I always tell the rabbeim, you know, parents are, are, are the biggest negev dovers when it comes to their children. That's it. They they brought them to this world. They brought them up. And every time a Rebbe or a teacher calls a parent and, you know, has quote-unquote a complaint or a criticism, it hurts. It hurts. And and most parents, being that they're human beings, um, take it personal. So how, how are we supposed to reach out to the mice or the, the boy needs help? So what we always tell the Rebbeim, and again, this is a lesson for life. It's not only probably in school find an opportunity very quickly, usually at least the first two days. That's how long it took me to get into trouble when I was a boy. But the first two days, every boy comes in, and that just goes back to what we said before. Everybody wants to succeed. You, you won't find that the, the, the Manal's quietest day, Rabbi Parnas, the quietest day of the year is day number one. Till then, there's a lot of rumbling. But at 9.00 or 8.30, whenever your school day starts, that first day, shh. The first day I was in I said, this, this is the job. I was, I was twiddling. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> People came to my office. I quickly picked up the phone to make believe I was on the phone. Like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. There's nothing to do. Yes, there was months of work beforehand. But on the first day, everybody's perfect. All the boys that they warned you about, all the boys from last year, what happened? Day number one, they, they took a magic pill. Nothing. What happened was that every boy wants to succeed and every girl wants to succeed. That is the Yiddish and the Shama. And every year, okay, it's a new year, it's a new page, a new Rebbe, a new chapter, call it what you want. Two days in, you know, things start. The Rebbe looked at me, the boy next to me touched me, I think he touched me, maybe he didn't, it, you know, and all the, everything starts unraveling, all of a sudden, oh, the troublemaker, heard about you from last year, you know, and that was it, that's it, the rest is history. But the first two days, by 99.9% of the boys, are perfect. I tell Rebbeim and teachers, Seize the opportunity, call the parents, and say, your Moishi is such a Ziska. He has such a good kasha today. Hani, she, she gave in a report. Her handwriting is beautiful. Just call up to introduce yourself and say something good. Say something nice. Say something that connects the parents with the child and you. And then, if need be, in two weeks, and you got to call up and say, well, like my parents used to get the call maybe one mm-hmm. in two weeks, and, you know, <clears throat> He threw something out the window. He threw something at the teacher. He threw something at this. He, I, it's, it's one second. But this is the person who called me to tell me how great of a child I have last week. It's so much easier. You've, you've already built something. There's something there. There's a relationship. Or a better word would be there's a trust that you built already with the parents mm-hmm. of an understanding that you, you see the good of my child. You appreciate my child. Yes, you might have expectations, and, and I so appreciate your phone call telling me that my son misbehaved or he's calling out too much or he didn't come back to class on time, whatever, whatever the case might be. But there was a trust that was built with the parents. Sometimes even that won't work, and there's a way to talk, and there's a way to present, and a way to communicate with parents. Again, those few parents who are difficult, maybe more than a few, Okay, so we'll give special courses on that. I don't think this, this phone calls for that. But if there's a trust and there's a balance that the parents see that you're asking, you're giving that hava, but at the same time there's expectations, going back again to that word, then 
I, I think parents, you know, should be involved. Um, you know, I, I, I believe there has to be a trust with the Talmidim as well. I wouldn't say that the, the moment a Talmud or a Talmida does something, you know, the first day she talked out of line or he threw something, you know, right away, okay, I'm calling your father. I, I think that also breaks a tremendous trust with the child and the Rebbe and the teacher. Um, it shouldn't be, you know, but if after two, three warnings, and again, you know the parents are healthy, good people, then a phone call should be made because then parents, you can't call one and everything is exasperated and say, you know, I'm fed up one more time. Shlaimi does this and I'm throwing him out of the class. He can go to Manal. He can go to the other class. I don't care what that Rebbe said. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're just calling me now. You you can't do that. So there has to be, obviously, you know, it has to go in levels. But again, the child deserves a chance. And, you know, when a, when a boy gets sent to my office or, you know, I'll, I'll even tell the Rebbein this. Forget getting to the parents, even to the Manal. Don't, when a boy does strike one, don't send him to the manal. Put him in the hallway for 30 seconds, whether your Rebbe puts in the, whatever, I'm not getting into, should you put the kid in the corner, should you not, should you put him in the hallway, should you not. Whatever the Rebbe's choice of, of, of I'm not going to use the word discipline, choice of chinuch is, whatever, whatever his choice is, don't evolve the manal the first two times. Because you just broke the trust, oh no, I'm going to the manal, good, so the manal hates me, this one hates me, my Rebbe hates me. Keep keep as many people as you could out of it. The Rebbe should be able to have that relationship with the child and build a trust with the child before Manal gets called in. And then the next step, of course, before the parents get called, whether the Manal should be the one to call, whether the Rebbe should be the one to call. It's a whole different whole different sugya. But in the regular case, there should be a trust built between the child and the Rebbe, a trust between the Rebbe and the teachers and, and the parents, and understanding that Sometimes, sometimes, and that, that really is the Manal's job or the previous teacher's job to understand that sometimes there are parents <clears throat> that we never call. That, that, you know, you want to know, is there ever a case that we won't involve parents? Yes. You know, there are parents who unfortunately have a history of either beating up on the child physically and emotionally. I've seen that, unfortunately. And sometimes, you know, as a parent once told me, I will defend my child vehemently no matter what. Okay, so that's a parent that we do. I have like, thank you so much for telling me that because we'll never call you. And you'll be in the woods. You'll never know anything about your child. You might walk around saying your child is the best, which is, by the way, what that father does. And that's why no matter who will call him and when we'll call him, there's there's nothing. There's nothing that you can say, okay, so that, that's Nagi is fully blown. And you, you're making the biggest mistake as a parent because if that's your response to the school, to anybody, English department, the credit department, you're done. You 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 will live in what we call La La Land for the rest of your life. That your children are perfect, and in all honesty, they were never mechunach. And the reason being is because of the attitude that you've given to the school over the years, and that's sad. Baruch Hashem, most parents are not like that. But I'm assuming every school besides mine has a few. Mm-hmm. So, so the question is, what is the yeshiva expecting the parents to do? Like the parents don't necessarily have the when when a, when a parent you mean when 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 the parent finally gets called yeah yes yeah. What, what, so, what, what, so, what's the what's the point of calling them obviously they should know what's okay. going on with their son but other than that right. is there is there is there something is there a certain level of that of discipline again not the word discipline a certain sure. level of chinuch sure. that needs Account, to be done from the okay so I, I would I would even take a step before that what I would say before all that is as much as the parents have nagiyas and are human beings. Guess what? I know Chazal say, but the Rebbe is also a human being. 
And if the Rebbe is actually picking up the phone and calling you and saying your shlemi is disturbing the class or, or whatever the case is, empathize. The first step the parent should do is empathize with the teacher, with the Rebbe. I'm so sorry. Now, does that mean you have to apologize for your child's behavior? Again, we can go into that, but sometimes you do. And even even if it's not your fault, quote unquote, because it's your Schwer's genes and not yours, but <laughs> you still you still you still should empathize. There's, there's a there's a yid here who's making minimal salary, who's being mice and nefesh, a teacher especially, in in the health department. They're trying. They're trying their hardest. It's the hardest job. Nobody wants this job for many, many reasons, as, as valuable and as special and chashav as it is. And they're trying. And if they're reaching out to you, trust me, they, 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 try, they thought about it 10 times. No Rebbe just yanks up the phone and pulls a parent. They think about it 50 times their pace. And it's probably half the reason why sometimes you'll say, what took you two weeks? Why had you not let it get out of hand? You know why they let it get out of hand? Because they hate calling parents. It's not comfortable for any Rebbe or teacher to pick up the phone or Manal and say criticism on a child to a parent. It's a horrible feeling. Here they finally build up the guts and they say, well, you know, and they probably, whatever they're telling you, they probably water down by 10 degrees and empathize. Just empathize. Say, I'm so sorry this happened. Let me hear what's going on. And they'll tell you what happened. And many times, just empathy alone, you know, simmers the pot. That's number one. Number two, maybe there is something where we have that so many times. Oh, you know, I didn't think that his mother having triplets would make a difference. We forgot to tell the school. And we've had that. <laughs> but my partner, this has happened. <laughs> I, I still remember this. Uh, this is like two years ago. There was a boy. He had a, you know, a boy who was, you know, never had any problems, no issues, you know, and everything's fine. And then one Sunday morning, he got into like six fights or something. You know, like like it was it was a disaster day. Okay. Anyways, got a call in the office. Dismissal is one fifteen, twelve thirty. Get a call. The father's coming to pick him up. We were like, "Woo, Baruch Hashem!" The father's coming to pick him up today. Okay. Anyways, so the boy was leaving, leaving the Shiva building. The father comes in to get him. You know, security reasons. Parents have to come into the building to get the child. And the Mashkiach of our Yeshiva, Rabbi Shmuel Tenenbaum, he he meets the parents. He goes, "Oh, how are you?" He says, "You know, is everything okay at home?" Because you know, today, you know, Shlemi had a rough day. He goes, no, everything, Baruch Hashem, everything is fine. He goes, okay, great, great. He goes, by the way, I'm just picking him up early because my wife has been in the hospital with a hernia for the last four days. So, you know, I can't pick up later, so I'm picking up now. Mm. <laughs> do, do you realize that we asked him if anything's okay at home? He didn't, everything is fine at home without recognizing that, what do you mean, your wife is, this child is without a mother for the last four days, over Shabbos as well. Right. Of course he got into six fights. So there's sometimes there's, there's, there's so many pieces of information that parents could provide to a Rebbe to explain maybe why kach for kach happened. Whether, whether it's never a grandparent who's sick and therefore the parents are phenomenal and, and therefore they didn't do the homework and therefore the boy's feeling anxious about his test today. There, there, there could be parnasa issues. There could be, you know, daddy's away on business for two weeks. People go away on vacation without telling the school, just let the school know. There's so many simple technical things that if a school or a Rebbe would only know the boy the boy needs glasses, the boy the boy the boy's hearing is not so good. The girl's the, the girl's upset that that her sister got new shoes and she didn't. There could be so many little things to to us, they might sound little, but to a child in third or fourth grade, it, it means the world. So so many times there's information that parents can give over to the Rebbe, to the Manal, to anybody, letting them know would 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 ease the problem. Then the Rebbe says, "Oh, okay. The mother just had a baby. The mother was just had an operation. The grandmother's in the hospital. Okay, so so it's it's almost more more tolerable. Yes, the boy spoke out too many times, but listen, I understand he's going through a hard time. This call would have never happened. So 
that's 50% of the time, I would say, what a, wow. what a parent could provide. Empathy and letting them know, filling them in on what's going on. Mm-hmm. The other 50%, which is obviously more, sorry? Yeah, so, so a lot of the, that first part is more like brainstorming. Brainstorming, the, brainstorming. the, the brainstorming, trying to figure out what's going on. Correct. Correct. Where, what, 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 and, and again, maybe he has a schwachheit, which again is something that parents, every parent should know this, that if their child struggles educationally, cognitively, emotionally, socially, let the Rebbe and teacher know before. And you'll say, what do you mean? But the Manal knew. Yeah, I know the Manal has 600 kids under him. doesn't mean that he's going to remember to say every single detail. We try to the Rebbe. I, I've heard this not from one, not from two, not from three, not from four Almanas. I've heard this come upon them that they'd come to PTA and the teacher or the Rebbe four months into the year had no idea wow. the child or the, was a Yosem. Wow. What do you mean? How could it be, right? Because <laughs> it's one of those things that, what do you mean? The whole city knows. What do you mean? Everyone remembers when he died. Yeah, but this teacher happened to move to town this week, right? Or, or this year. And she, so nobody told them. Not, not on purpose. Of course not. But, but can you imagine how much damage can be done? So what's a different... Again, it's a drastic case on Amona, Agusha, but but there are other cases. There are other cases, you know, that that, that can really trigger big things and can so easily be saved and 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 avoided by by the parents being proactive in the beginning of the year. But again, many times all it takes is a phone call and a little empathy and an, a nice phone call. And again, especially if it's the second phone call of the year, and we fill in on the details. The other fifty percent is probably the more difficult part of the parents, and that is, well, boy. Really, Shlaimi? I'm going to have to have a talk with Shlaimi. Having a talk with Shlaimi means the parents are saying, Shlaimi, we got a call from the Rebbe. Obviously, always start with the compliment. The Rebbe said he likes you so much, and and you know you're doing wonderful. But your talking is really getting out of hand. You can't, you know, you have to understand, you know. And you explain to a child, obviously, Kafi, Kafi, his age. Hopefully, it's just something smaller. If it's something bigger, okay, you know, whether if the boy's hitting or the, the boy's stealing snacks, you know, these are all things that go on. You know, a parent has to be involved and show the child that same word. There's an accountability here. You can't, you can't, you're expected in, in class, whatever the expectation is. And what, what do you mean? But last year's Rebbe, that could be. Last year's Rebbe let anybody talk without raising their hands. However, the parents have to fully back and they can't tell them, well, he's used to not talking. Sorry, that's the way it was by Rabbi Klein's class. No, no, no. In Rabbi Steinberg's class, the way it is, you can't talk without raising hands. And then that's the accountability and the expectation that, that a fourth grader should have. And, and a parent backing the child instead of having the next day, oh, my mother said you called and she doesn't agree with you, you're done. You, you, your kid is done, obviously, and the baby's done with your child. So so just for the parent's sake and, and for, obviously for the child, you know, there has to be backing. Sometimes maybe the baby made a mistake. Not sometimes, more than sometimes. So good, that has to be explained. My child works this way. My child works best when he's talked to like this or when it's ignored, so on and so forth. Obviously, not everything could be ignored. You know, one-on-one, you could ignore. When you have a classroom of 25 children, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, just ignore him, Rebbe. No, you can't, you can't ignore Hani when she's screaming on top of her lungs. But that that would be, you know, I think the, the two ways to go in a, in a regular situation of a phone call. Mm-hmm. And so in your experience, uh, uh, have parents generally, are they helpful when, when, when the parents are involved? Or sometimes, is it like you said, there are times that it can make a bigger problem? You know, in general, of course, Baruch Hashem, you know, there are good parents out there and also who want their children to succeed and understand and appreciate the kaiches, the school and, and, and the rebellion teachers are putting in, you know. But 
every cloud has a few yechidim that you know make it very difficult. It is, and like I said earlier, it, 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 the saddest thing is that the only person that they're fooling and jipping are themselves and their children. It's it's sad. It's sad because there's no rebbe's doing this, you know, <laughs> for fame or or to become wealthy. I think we all know why our rebbe <laughs> teachers are in the classroom, and if they're doing it and they're calling you, and again, like I said earlier, it's so difficult to make that call. If they actually made the call, respect them for it. Thank them. Thank them. Thank them for calling. Mm. And and follow. Follow the advice. And, and of course, we tell this to Rebbein, but I, I would tell this to parents as well. Follow up. Make a plan. Okay, we're going to see what we can do. Maybe sometimes it's a chart. Sometimes it's, a, it's an incentive. That's all fine and dandy. But follow up. Let's be in touch in 10 days. Show the Rebbe as part of the empathy. Okay, I'm taking this seriously. And or, or even maybe if it's something that you know an impulsive type of thing, Rebbe, I'm going to be calling you the next three nights to hear or send me a text, depending on the communication of the school, which we have. We have we have a few parents pass who every night the Rebbe sends a text. You know, Christ, we rate it from let, let's say rate his behavior from one to five. So the Rebbe will send today was a four, three, just it's one, it's one number, one press of a button. Mm-hmm. If that shows that again, you're on top of it. And you, and you respond to the text. Thank you. Oh boy, tomorrow hopefully will be better. You know, just just showing the Rebbe that you're an involved parent. And when the child sees that you're an involved parent, and there's accountability not only in school, but there are expectations and accountability at home as well. You usually end up with a good kid. Mm-hmm. So the children know. They know when the sheep, when 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 the Rebbe's calling the parents. Oh, do they know? Oh, do they know? Mm-hmm. So uh, let me let me take ship's gears over here a little bit. So uh, the parents have a lot of time that they, they, they have the children at home. They're not always in yeshiva, although maybe they would want them to be in yeshiva all the time. There's a lot of off time. And the parents have to have to be mechanach also. So uh, we see, we see, you know, especially in a lot of very from neighborhoods, a lot of families together, close together. And oftentimes you'll see other families where the, the children point out, like to point out to the parents that in the other family, they allow this. Or they, 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 never, they didn't say no to their kids. So people have this fear of saying no to their kids, and especially when you're living together, it's from the other families. So what, what, when is it okay to say no to a child? When is it okay to say no to a child? When's it okay to say no to yourself? We, we live in a, in a crazy world. I mean, the word, the word no is tiny. It's two letters, and it's probably from the most difficult words to utter. This is it's a new generation, right? Byron, I mean, your father told you no, right? Mm-hmm. And when he said no, no, like, like usually follow, and no is no, right? right. Like you, there was a definition there. No is no. We live in a new world, and it's it's probably a big reason for for a lot of a lot of things that are going on, a lot of struggles that we're having in Chinuch. Every every family, and again, each family is different. Each city is different. Each school is different has to have their, again, I'm going back to that word, expectations, and boundaries, and boundaries. Now, does that mean that you can't stretch boundaries? Of course we can stretch boundaries. Not only that, we have to stretch boundaries. And every child is different, and every situation is different. For example, I mean, this past year, you know, how many calls we got, you know, you know, there, there are parents who will say, just giving a muscle, you know, computer time. Computer time is a, a big battle today, right? People have computers. Most homes need computers for different various reasons, work reasons, business reasons, school reasons, and children want to play on the computer. Okay, so the, the normal, if I could use that word, would be, okay, so we have four children. 
Okay, everybody gets, of course, after homework and after they eat supper and clear the table, maybe took their bath, depending on the age of the child. Every child can have 20 minutes, maybe the older children a half hour. And after that, it's over. But, but I want to do it before my homework. No. You're, there, you're, that's where you say the no. There's, there's an expectation that first we do homework, then we clear the table, then we call Bobby and Zadie. Whatever, whatever the schedule in the house is, and again, that's probably a big word. If it's just chaplap and everybody just does what they want when they want, it's very hard to say no because there is no guidance. There is no mahalach in, in what we're doing and what we're not doing. So we, we don't say no, but we don't just say yes. We don't just say yes. So when, when I talk about stretching boundaries and going back back to the corona year, there were families that called and said, you know, Rabbi Muller, you know, we always had a half hour a day, but the kids are home now. We had no yeshiva for three months. Can I can I give my child now 45 minutes a day? Is, is that okay? So what do you think, Rabbi Parnas? The answer is, of course. Because going crazy and climbing the walls and, and having mommy literally lose her mind before the kids even lose their minds, so, and again, I'm obviously talking in a house that that's okay with computer games. So then instead of 20 minutes that you stretch it to 40 during Corona or during Ben Azmanim or on a Sunday that there's no yeshiva, that's okay. But just because you stretch the boundaries doesn't mean you could cross borders. I'll say that again. You can stretch boundaries sometimes. And each child is also different. The, the third grader has to understand that the sixth grader needs more time. Is that equal? No, but it's fair. It's fair. You can't treat each child equally because everybody's different. But you have to be fair. Uh, Marshall, I always remember Rabbi Huda Frankel from Spring Valley, Milan Spring Valley. He said a great line. You order pizza for supper. Eight slices step high. Right? So your 13-year-old boy gets two slices. Your three-year-old gets one slice. Did they get equal portions? No, but it was a fair portion. It was fair. The 13-year-old, it's fair for him to get two slices. And three-year-old, one slice. It wouldn't make sense to be equal. And the same things with bedtime and computer time and daddy time and, and, and anything, 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 being on the phone time, whatever it might be. So, so there are boundaries that have to be set in every single house with expectations. Those boundaries have to be able to be stretched sometimes, whatever the situation and time. But at the same time, you can't cross borders. There are certain things we don't do on our computer. There are certain sites we don't go to. There are certain things, no matter what, I don't care what anybody does, we don't cross that border. And if that's set in the house, so if you're somebody who always says no, so then, then you're, you're a galachti. No one's going to listen to you. No one's going to respect you. But, but if it's clear, your boundaries are clear for yourself as well. That, that you know, like, like we said, we're talking by davening, but the same thing as the computer. One second. Mommy, you sit on the computer all day shopping for three and a half hours, and me, you're giving 20 minutes? It doesn't even make sense with equal and fair. Then it's it's totally out of the ballpark. And if you if a parent has that urge, you'll excuse me to be on the computer for three hours. At least don't do it in front of the kids. But but if you're giving them a clear clear perspective of what's fair, what's right, what are the boundaries, what are the borders, then it doesn't really make a difference what the Steins or the Kleins are doing. In our house, this is how we do things. But if you're constantly saying no. You got to be baidik yourself as well. We, we we live we live in a world that yeah everyone is looking at everybody else and it's horrible. It is horrible, but 
So she's that. saying the children really yeah. would understand on they see if you're consistent, if you're being if you're Correct. not being hypocritical, Correct. they'll understand Correct. what that, that a no means. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, Aaron, did you? I, I see the issue. The kids were constantly nudging. Could I please, 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 could I have a can of soda? Can I have a, for no reason. Like they're they're the kids who are spoiled, and they're constantly coming. They because they don't hear the word no. They know they don't hear the word no at home. It's 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 baduk. It's mm-hmm. baduk. Okay. It's not easy. It's not. It's, you know, I'm talking as if uh, yo, Mr. Expert here, and and and, and try, I got four kids. They'll tell you all. They could call them up, Aaron. Maybe maybe do a, you know, a, <laughs> a Manal and children. Know, let's, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear what the kids have to say. The shoemakers' kids. No, it, it's not. And again, Barshem have four wonderful children, and a wonderful wife who who helps out a lot more than more than more than I help out. But but there has to be structure. There has to be boundaries. There has to be expectations. There has to be borders, and certain things you can't cross. And if the kids see that you're true to your word on it and you're you, you yourself are modeling that you know it's hard to go wrong mm-hmm. but it's not easy i didn't say it's easy no <laughs> yeah and and you and especially it's uh there's always that, that but they do it you know so so you have to you have to stick right, to your guns right right, right. Talk about ADHD uh, you know, I, a little bit. Yeah, uh, we, what, what, sure. You know, that's something that boys, ADD, ADHD, boys especially suffer from, and uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the school's nightmare, the yeshiva's nightmare. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. Um, it, you should know th- th- those are the boys who many times become rebellion and are the best, the best rebbies <laughs> out there. You know, eventually, 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 you don't want to trust me. You don't want to interview my rebellion when I was a kid. <laughs> you know, when when I actually first got my interview. Um, I was Manal and Terry Simons and Flatbush. So, you know, I was interviewed by the board. And, you know, I was a Rebbe. I was a Rebbe in Lakewood. And, you know, they, they called me to, you know, they called me down. They want to interview me. And the first question, one of the Balabatim asked me was, Rebbe Mother, what, what makes you think that you could be a Manal? I mean, you have no experience. I mean, you've been a wonderful Rebbe, but you have no experience as a Manal. What makes you think you can succeed as a Manal? I said, it's a great question. And you're 100% right. I, I have no experience as a Manal, but you should know that as a child, I spent most of my day in the Manazo office. <laughs> I wasn't even lying, Rabban. I wasn't even lying. It was great. So, you know, you pick up you pick up things here and there. Um, right. So, that being said, you know, I, I've never been put on, on, on Ritalin, but, you know, who knows? Who knows? I might have been a Rashiva had, had they put me on. But but these are the boys with the tremendous kaiches. You see, a boy with ADHD or ADD, they, I think they, I think they took out the, you know, they, they put everybody's ADHD now. They say, but he, he has tremendous kaiches. It's not, it's not a, it's not a defect. It's a challenge. It's a challenge that he has. In all honesty, what we're seeing in the last five years, if I can go off for one second, anxiety, the anxiety level in the children and adults, especially over the last year, but the last five years, overpowered the ADHD. ADHD is is is, is a breeze compared to a child who has anxieties for various reasons, especially over this last year that people totally, totally went mishobir. But, you know, back to ADHD, um, these are children with tremendous kaiches and, and we, we try our utmost to do everything possible, everything, whether it's a change of schedule, whether it's pulling them out, giving them breaks, giving them jobs, you know, what, what not, you know, before we say, okay, listen, it reached a point that, you know, he can't do it himself, and 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 we, we we explain it to parents, and obviously, not not always, but many many times, you know, 
parents are usually it's the moms who are more sensitive about it. The fathers are like, yeah, just put them on, just put them on. But you know, moms are more are more sensitive to it, and understandably, you know, you have to have the right doctor who's going to prescribe it. There could be side effects. Um, loss of appetite is a tremendous side effect that we see. Um, that being said, after all all avenues have you know been exhausted and and and, and really it's reached a point that, that we can't have him in the classroom for his sake, for the Rebbe's sake, for the other boys in the class. And he's hurting his self-esteem of the boy is hurting. And again, the girl as well, it, it just, it's worth, it's a crime not to give the child the help he needs. And, and, and we explained to parents, it's not, it's not forever. And, and in all honesty, it's, 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 would you not let your child wear a cast if he broke his hand or not wear glasses because it's stigmatized to wear glasses? Of course, we would never think like that. So, so why is it different if, 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 his brain is is wired a little bit different, and we can give him, let's call it that that cast to help him. And again, I didn't say crutch. Crutch is there forever because you know crutch is a crutch, but a, a cast puts things back in order. We've seen that. I I, I could tell you, you know, again, Bachsham, not many, not many. And again, it's it's a last resort. But when it is the resort to go to, and parents resist it, that's a terrible thing, terrible, because because you, it's 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 like. Again, like I said, with a, with a broken foot or or a clogged up artery, would someone say, "Well, I don't want to stigmatize him, you know, that he has a stent, so we're not going to put in a stent." you're killing it, and and a child who who again wants to feel good and wants to succeed, but simply can't. He just can't because his whatever, whether it's anxiety or his hyperactiveness, is not allowing him to. And we just say, "Well, too bad. We're not putting on medicine because, well, his his self esteem is going to go down the tubes and." After that, it's not pretty, you know. Whether it's chutzpah, you know, feeling unsatisfactory, and then and, and what what happens to those children? So, you know, obviously, you need you need to try every avenue first, and and do whatever you have to do, and obviously find the right person and the right doctor. But understand again, that, you know, uh, if 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 the yeshiva is calling you in and saying, listen, you know, we've tried it all, and, and you know, we really think you should look in. Again, we'll never prescribe it and say, oh, you're you know, but go see somebody who can evaluate your child properly. And instead of, you know, again, it's not an easy thing for Yeshiva, Rebbe, Manal to call, um, usually such a thing that Manal would um, to call. It, it, it's a lot of thought goes into it. And again, we don't get commission from the pharmaceuticals <laughs> for prescribing it. If we're, if we're actually saying to do that, despite we know the side effects that could be, in, then, then we're doing this for a reason. There's no, there's no gains here. Mm. We, we, we just want to see your child succeed. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. Again, a parent is in a gay bedover, and it, you know it's painful. Not that anybody knows about it. Not that anybody, you know, it's again, it's, it's not, it's not something any parent wants to do or any mechanic wants to do. But, but sometimes it is a necessity. It is, but not often. But sometimes. Mm. And it's just that the parents, from the parents, they could think. You know, their, their, their son is the best behaved, and of course, no, he, he's not. He's not the problem. The school is just looking to make their job right. easier. Right. So, you know, right. that, that could be the that's attitude. Our, right, right. I don't know, my parents didn't think that way, but you know, <laughs> it, it's also new. It's a new. It's the new. It's the new way. It's the new way. But it's not. Again, that's why I was mocked him. The yeshiva has to clearly show that they've done everything. They've done everything before they get to that point. You know, she would just calls in a parent for the first time and says, listen here, you know, that's it. You know, go see your doctor. Chaim's, Chaim's, Chaim's out of pop the pills. Then you change your shivas really quickly. 
but but if if you're doing six months, a year, two years of meetings, and and you know, you you had the social work, you had the school counselor, you had the mashgiach, you had you, you you gave him, you called them out, you gave him, you, you you did, you put him in the front of the room, you put him in the back room, you put him in the side of the room, you made him the monitor for recess, for lunch, for supper, for snack, <laughs> for Shabbos party, and he's still not capable of reading a pasuk and he's already in fourth grade. What are you waiting for? And then eighth grade comes, and and. and I've seen it. It's painful. We had it this year as well. You know, and I'm not talking about even medication, but you know, calling a parent in third grade, fourth grade, and telling them, you know, your child can use extra help. Let's call. You know, let's pull, have him be pulled out for twenty. No, he's going to be pulled out, stigmatized. Now, nobody knows the difference. Nobody cares. Half the school is being pulled out for enrichment. We we do a lot of enrichment pulling out like this. Nobody knows why you're getting pulled out. It could be you're being pulled out because you're you're the next Ricky Vega. Mm-hmm. So so one one of the things we do in Yeshiva is as much as we pull out boys for. For for you know, I don't want to call it even even special ed, but let's call it for for resource. We'll right. we'll, we'll pull them out for enrichment as well. So mm-hmm. so like this, no, it, it, there's no stigma whatsoever. On on the contrary, the kids love being pulled out. They're getting personal attention. They're getting to go out of the classroom. They're getting especially with that ADHD boy who can run down the hallway, he can jump, if he can touch the light yet, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. All those things are great. And here there was a parent just just fighting us. No 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 no. Well, guess what? It comes to eighth grade. No, 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 no. There's no Masifta. They're also saying no. There's no Masifta who wants to take this boy because he can't read a Gemara inside. He might be the smartest boy in the class. He can't read a Gemara. Yeah. Had you only allowed us the last three years to give him that, that, that one-on-one attention, he'd be learning a Gemara with him. No problem. So now, all of a sudden, panic. Panic kicks in. Rabbi Muller, what should we do? What should you do? You should, I said, I don't know what we're going to do for, for your Yossi, but... Uh, your next three kids, at least, hopefully, you'll listen, and we want to have this problem. Right. Not, not so mean. I don't say that, but 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 <laughs> you know, it's it's a problem. It's yeah. a problem. Yeah. So parents have to really be honest. They have to be really honest with themselves. And again, if they feel that the school is trying, again, uh, you know, if they don't trust the school, then it's really hard. Your question is a good question. They feel that the school is doing this for for their own, you know. It's, it's, then it's very difficult. Then right. it all goes back to the communication that, that, that yeah. you say the yeah. tone of yeah. communication. Yeah. The school has to really give over. The issue has to give over that we're, we're really there for, for your child's good. <laughs> that, 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 that's what it starts with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, coming to an end over here, uh, you, you was like to learn a lot from the Rahman Skrab as a kind of the you share uh, some things that you that you that, that he that he taught you with regards to chinuch. Hi, Rebbe. The Rebbe taught me everything. The Rebbe taught me everything. Um, I, I think every, everything you know, everything we give over, you know, and and, and again, the Rebbe was an ish emes. I think any, everybody who knew him, anybody who ever listened to him, you know, the Rebbe used to say, always, always said this over. What's what's the translation? Of being an Erlachid. What does it mean to be an Erlachid, a pious Jew? Right? That's I guess that's what Artsko would say. What what does that mean? What does that mean to be an Erlachid? So the Rebbe said that an Erlachid means, according to most people, he's been Adam Lamakim, the way he serves the Rabbanishlam, and he's been Adam Lachavera. He's doing Erlachid, Damans Erlachid, learns Erlach, he's honest with other people, he treats people properly. That's an Erlachid Jew. That that defines an Erlachid Jew. There's a component the Rebbe says always. He says, you have to be Erlach, not only with the Rabbani Shalom, not only with your fellow friend, you got to be Erlach with yourself. Mm-hmm. Such a powerful vart. An Erlach is not only Ben Adam Lamakim, Ben Adam Be Erlach 
know where you're standing with yourself. You're steiging. Where am I going? What's my mission? Am I keeping true to my mission in life? Um, and again, this is, is so powerful. You know, children sense it. We know this. Children, you don't have to say anything. right? When, when, when our parents were upset at us, we knew. And, and, and the same thing is, with love. We, you know, in the good old days, they didn't hug and kiss so much. And, and, and of course, that's a great thing. But, but they, you knew your parents loved you. You knew it. And, and, and there's, there's that that sense then that comes from an erlichkeit that comes from modeling what it means to be a true Jew and, and when and when children see that they trust they trust they care and I think that that was what was so amazing about the Rebbe you know he loved Klal Yisrael he loved Yidden he always you know every, almost all his speeches were tired man tired Entire Eden. There was, there was such an achrayis. Why was there such an achrayis of the Rebbe? Yeah, I hear from so many people like we're missing his his, his his take charge. He had nothing better to do. He loved to learn. He, he, people don't don't know this about the Rebbe. He was a private person. He did not enjoy the spotlight. He he, he would have loved you know. Remind your your, your uncle Rebdeniel is is you know used to always talk about this like you know. He would say, you know, when the Rebbe saw me, he would cross the street because he didn't want to go into Shmuz. You know, he just, he just, <laughs> he, 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 he despised, you know, wasting time. Nonetheless, the Rebbe gave his life up for Klai Yisrael. Why? Because he knew that's what, that was his job. He had an achrayis. He had a, there was a, there was an erlichkeit, an achrayis, a responsibility. I got to do. And if the Rebbe gave me the kaiches, then I need to do it. That's my job. And, and, it's something that, that that we have to live with. We have to live with, and it's 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 a, it's a true, you know, inner inner call. There's a call here to to every year to every parent. What are we doing? What are we doing here? And again, it's easier said than done. But not only as 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 steiging on our own, but but if we want to stelovek Yiddish adiris, we have to be erlach. Am I really doing something that I want my children to model? Am I really doing something that's going to help me? And my child and my family get get to the right place. That that, that has to, and 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 you got to be ehrlich about it. And and it's probably extremely difficult to do it because if you don't have a rebbe or or a rav guiding you, because because we all have negias in our own lives and in the lives of our children. So so every person really needs somebody there for them to to make sure they stay ehrlich, not only but between themselves. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Chaval Davdin, we're missing him. and uh, <laughs> We're all missing him. Big time, big yes. time. Okay, Reb Nassim, thank you so much for this. Uh, we hope that, the, that both the parents and the Mechanchem listening to this take these uh, lessons that, we've, that you've shared and uh, apply it in their own lives. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Chinuch 2.0 a show exploring the changes happening to how we do Chinuch. Chinuch 2.0 is hosted and produced by me, Aaron Parks. You can subscribe to the show on Apple or Google Podcasts or on our website, chinuchshow.com. For suggestions, comments, or guest ideas, please visit chinuchshow.com. Thanks for listening.